You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. When you are going through emotional turmoil or you're thinking about a memory that is traumatic or emotionally riddled, it's activating your fight, flight, or freeze response in your brain. It's activating the amygdala of the brain. But in regards to traumatic memories or self-limiting beliefs, that system is being activated again. My guest today is named Eric Almeida, and he is here to tell us about EFT. I am Eric Almeida. I am an EFT practitioner, which is an emotional freedom technique practitioner. And I am based out of Western Massachusetts. So the story of how I got into EFT. So in the summer of 2018, I was working in subsidized housing, very technical, very, you know, government paperwork, very leaning onto the logical half of my, of my personality. And I've been doing that for about a year, trucking along and essentially my psyche kept kind of like poking up and was like, hey, you know, there's shit here that you need to deal with and you keep ignoring it. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like, I'm living my life. I've got things to do. You know, I'm just going to keep ignoring this, ignoring this, ignoring this. And so my psyche was like, well, okay, we'll, we'll let this slide for a little bit. But then it got tired of me shoving all my emotions down and essentially it revolted in the form of a panic attack and if you've never had a panic attack it is quite horrific at the time i didn't realize what it was i thought i was having a heart attack i called an ambulance i called my husband i left him a voicemail basically saying goodbye because i it truly felt like i was dying you know my arms were going numb my legs were going numb i was hyperventilating it was it was really really rough And luckily, you know, the paramedics showed up, they knew right away what it was, they talked me down, and I was able to calm down after about maybe like half an hour with them. And my husband came and picked me up from work and took me home. I took a day off, and I was like, I'm just like, that was a weird fluke, I'm just going to try to go back to work. You know, two days after that happened, I try to go back, and I get to work. And my body is like, absolutely not. No way in hell. And so I start freaking out again. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I, I can't be here. And I just, I, ran, I run out of the office, go back home, tell my boss, like, yeah, I need another day. Let me, and I'll try again. And the, the day after that, I don't even get to the office. I'm halfway there on the highway. And my body is like, nope, nope, absolutely not. No way in hell. And I end up freaking out in my car on the interstate and then just immediately turn around and I'm like, I'm like, I can't. I, I hadn't realized that for so long I had been white knuckling through life. And after having that panic attack, I couldn't anymore. I didn't have the mental fortitude to kind of just shove everything down. The crazy thing that ended up immediately after that was I became terribly agoraphobic. I was scared to leave my house. I couldn't go to the grocery store. I, could, I, 
I even confined myself basically to one room in my house and like would like just jut in and out like to the kitchen or to the bathroom and like come back in and like I was just in emotional and mental shambles like the the panic attack completely shattered my psyche and my confidence in my psyche and luckily I had connected with a therapist by the name of Sarah through a business group that I was part of a while previous to that. And I called her up and I'm like, Hey, Sarah, I'm like, this is what happened. I had this panic attack. Like I'm a mess. Do you have space on your schedule for us to work together? And like, can we do it over the phone? I'm like, I'm too scared to leave my house right now. And she's like, Nope, I can totally help. And she was a therapist who had incorporated EFT into her work and so we did some work together you know over the phone for about the first month and then afterwards you know i got to a point where i felt comfortable going to her office and then probably after about maybe a month and a half to two months of working with her the the agoraphobia completely disappeared you know i took i took a, a leave of absence from work i ended up quitting the job altogether because I just, I realized that it, it just, it wasn't for me. I had to maintain this very serious facade between me and the residents in order to maintain the professionalism. And it just kind of was making the fact that I had suppressed my emotions for so much of my life worse because like, I couldn't be open or authentic with the residents. I had to always be like super distant. And so I continued to do the EFT work with her. And by October of that year, I decided to open up an antique store. It was an idea I was always kind of going to do when I was going to retire. And I'm like, well, you know, if the one thing the panic attack kind of told me was like, what, what the hell am I waiting for? There's no point. So I end up opening up the antique store the January after that. While, and I still continue to work with Sarah doing the EFT. And essentially, as I kept working on myself with the EFT, I kept connecting with parts of myself that I kind of locked away for so much of my life. I ended up connecting more with my emotions. I ended up processing a lot of old trauma that I had been burying for years, for most of my life. And the person that I am today, the person talking to you right now, is vastly different than the person I was when the panic attack happened and is even more vastly different than the person I was even years before that. It's allowed me to be more open, to be more authentic, to to be able to talk about it with people like yourself, Brett, and like and be fine with it. Like to not have the emotion or the trauma tied to that experience or any of my older ones anymore. You know, regrettably, the ant- I ended up having to shutter the antique store at the, uh, back in March, not because of COVID, um, but it was actually perfect timing. I ended up getting out of the space right before the, the lockdown started here in Massachusetts. Um, it just wasn't financially viable, but I was super grateful for giving it a go. And, you know, got another job doing some cleaning work that ended up being somewhat insulated from all of the restrictions with COVID you know, being an essential business, at least on the commercial side. And I ended up discovering through Sarah once again about doing this work, doing the EFT work as a practitioner and being able to 
pass on this gift of growth that I've experienced to others. I ended up taking a training with the EFT over the, the late summer, went through the training, went through the certification process, went through all the practice clients and practice hours and the supervision, and then became certified back in November. And now I, you know, I'm essentially, you know, trying to tell everyone about what EFT is and how it could benefit them. Essentially, what, what the emotional freedom technique is, is it utilizes um, acupressure points on the body where the client will be tapping on themselves on 10 points on the body. And the purpose of the tapping is that when you are going through emotional turmoil, or you're thinking about a memory that is traumatic or emotionally riddled, it's activating your fight, flight, or freeze response in your brain. It's activating the amygdala of the brain. And when you're tapping on these acupressure points, you're calming that part of that fight or flight response and allowing the emotions to be processed as they should be. So we need the fight or flight response. It's what's allowed us to survive as a species. It's, it's you know, it's allowed us to have those moments of, you know, you're driving on the highway and someone isn't paying attention and then you swerve out of the way and you have those moments of, you know, quick heart, heartbeat, the adrenaline spike, you know, the faster reaction time, like we need the fight or flight response. But in regards to traumatic memories or self-limiting beliefs, that system is being activated again. So if, if, if you were to think of a memory that was embarrassing to you, something that you did that was super embarrassing, if there's still emotion there, your body will react the same way as if it's happening in the present. So your hands will get clammy, you know, you might, lose, you might lose blood flow to your face, you, you know, your heart will start racing, you might start feeling tingliness or numbness in your extremities, and it's, it's that fight or flight response being activated again. And so when you're doing the tapping on the body, it calms that response. It allows you to process those emotions in real time, in the present, and it allows you to let those emotions go. And the fundamental goal with EFT is you start by working on the emotions of a contemporary issue. So let's go with something that is incredibly common for most people. Fear of public speaking tends to freak most people out. And so if I had a client who had an issue with public speaking and they wanted to work on that with me, we would start by just, you know, assessing how strong that fear is. We, we, we use a scale of one to 10, which is a subjective scale, 10 being it's utterly completely petrifying and one being eh, barely bothers the person at all. They state what number they are on that scale. We do some tapping on the general fear around the public speaking in hopes of getting that number down from there. But the goal is to see if memories from the past come up while, while working on the contemporary issue and follow that rabbit hole into the person's past to what was the formation of that contemporary fear. So let's say using very simple hypotheticals, let's say with someone with public, a public speaking fear, middle school or elementary school of them having to give a presentation and them being scared, or maybe they didn't, it didn't go well and they got disciplined by the teacher, or maybe the kids in the class may have laughed at them. We would then work on that specific memory 
And we would work on all of the emotions tied to that memory and get that memory down to a zero, having no emotional charge at all. Typically, it would take anywhere from three to five memories for a contemporary issue to go away, assuming it's not an incredibly simple scenario where it's only one memory that might be doing it. Or if someone's having a has a much more traumatic issue, so like uh, repeated abuse can take potentially up to closer to eight to ten memories to process if it's a repetitive kind of issue. And the goal being to get the emotional charge down to zero on each individual memory. And then what ends up happening is that when the emotion to the memory is gone and the memory has been processed, one part that happens is that the, the individual can get more information. More, They may start remembering more because the emotion that is kind of making them want to avoid the memory is gone. So some, detail, some details can surface. You know, some neutral, some positive, some negative, but some details can can surface from that memory processing. And then the other thing that ends up happening is that the memory, once the emotion is gone, the memory just becomes a series of facts. So most of us don't remember most of our past. We don't have a memory that is this perpetual like video camera recording. Our brains can't handle that, that immense amount of detail. So our, our minds keep what's important and what's necessary and lets most of the details go. That's why most people have a hard time remembering what they had for breakfast, let alone things that happened you know, 10, 20, 30 plus years ago. Our brains keep hold on to the positive memories and it also holds on to the negative memories because those negative memories, typically we felt or we were literally, either literally or figuratively in some form of danger. And our minds hold on to those negative memories and onto those emotions as a reminder for us of like, in this situation, something dangerous happened and we're not going to let you forget in order for you to be able to protect yourself today. So going back to the simplified fear of public speaking, that memory of being made fun of by the, you know, being disciplined by the teacher, being made fun of by the classmates is being recycled in the same scenario of standing in front of a crowd of people, or even potentially, you know, even a physical uh, location can be re-triggering of that old memory link. So maybe being back in a school setting can bring back that same kind of fear. So essentially with the tapping, um, you can heal the contemporary component, and then you do the digging into the past to heal those old memories and to let them go. And then the contemporary issues tend to, to tend to fall away once you heal enough of the memories. And a quick rundown on the 10 points. So the acupressure points that you're tapping on are, are affiliated with the meridians in the body. So this does tap into uh, Chinese medicine. Uh, there are 12 meridians, but the 10 points, two of the points do cross over. So you, you're activating all 12 of the meridians. So very quickly, it's the top of the head as if you were parting your hair perfectly down the middle, eyebrow at the bridge of the nose, the side of the eye on the occipital bone, so the eye, the eye, your eye socket bone, directly beneath your eye, also tapping on the, on the eye bone, your upper lip between your nose and your lip, your lower lip beneath your lip but, not, but above the chin, your collarbone, under your arm, so directly beneath your armpit, 
And if you were to draw a line from your nipple directly to your side, it would be directly underneath right there. Your inner wrist, and then the side of the hand um, on the fleshy part underneath the pinky, basically like the, they call it the karate chop point is basically the part of your hand that would hit, that you'd be hitting if you did a karate chop. And so you would be doing that in succession as you were talking about the whatever issue you were working at in the present. And you would, you would do it with a startup phrase. So going back to the example of the person with fear of public speaking, you would start by tapping on the karate chop point and you would do even though, and then you would state the problem. So even though I'm scared of public speaking, I would like to love and accept myself. So you would end with an affirmation. And then you would repeat that three times. You could change it up, the affirmation or even the setup statement. You can go into more detail. So, you know, even though, you know, the kids made fun of me, I'd like to love and accept myself. Even though the teacher was upset with me during that presentation, I would like to love and accept myself. And then you end up, the, as the practitioner, you would end up, I would end up guiding the client through that process based on the information they told me about the memory or based on the information they told me about their contemporary issue. And then we would kind of go back and forth. I would make statements that, and then it would be repeated by the client. And I would follow them with where it goes when it comes to what comes up. And so typically you would end up processing all of the fundamental emotions that can be tied to it. So you'd be processing anger, shame, anger, shame, fear, anxiety. And then typically you wouldn't process happiness, which is the other, the, the fifth emotion. And, we, and that's essentially what would happen in a session with a client. They would come in with whatever issues that they wanted to work with. We would set up a, a clear plan as to how they wanted to proceed, what kind of growth they wanted to make. And then we would start with the contemporary and then the, with, the, with the goal of finding the issues from the past. Bringing it around in regards to people who, may, who are in recovery or people with addiction issues, a lot of times, and please correct me if this is wrong, Brett, but a lot of times, people are using substances as a way to mask something deeper. It's a way to escape from the present because some component of their life is unsatisfactory or painful or truthfully God awful. And so substances are one of the many ways that people find a way to kind of disengage from the present and to disengage from the things that they don't want to deal with. A lovely thing with EFT is that it is very accommodating of working along with other forms of mental health practices. So if a person is in a recovery program or if a person is in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or some other version of those kinds of practices, a person can also be doing EFT work as well to get to some of the deeper emotional triggers that may be contributing to what's pushing them to want to use substances. Fundamentally, to be very, very clear, fundamentally, you always want to have the, the medical assistance to get off of the biological addiction that comes with substance abuse. But there is the emotional component that once you get past that threshold of your body is craving something, what's left is you're mentally and emotionally craving something. because. A lot of times with people with addiction issues, and this can happen with substances, this can happen the same thing with food, this can happen with exercise, this can happen with being a workaholic, 
it's different, it's different avenues for people to try to bury something that they don't want to deal with. And the EFT can be very beneficial and calming that part of yourself that is screaming for whatever it is, and then being able to go into the person's past and to really heal those difficult memories, those difficult experiences, and to let them go for good. Because once the memory is fully cleared, it becomes stale. It just becomes a series of facts that can be recalled. I've heard people describe it like the memory has no color anymore. A lot of times after a session where memory has been cleared out, in the following session, when I follow up with a client, ask them about it, they'll, a lot of times they'll have, they'll be like, oh, I forgot we even talked about that. It's very, very common that like the, your mind is kind of like, all right, like this is done. This is, we don't care anymore. And it moves on. And a really fascinating thing that happens too with EFT work is that your mind doesn't want you to be overwhelmed with things from your past. And so it does hold a lot back. And when you're doing self-work, your mind is like, okay, it recognizes that you're, you're working on yourself. You're trying to be better. It gives you what it thinks you can handle. It never wants to overwhelm you because it's self-defeating. And so when you start doing that kind of work with like with EFT and you clear something out, your mind is like your psyche, and this is totally not conscious at all. Your psyche is like, oh, that's not, that's gone. We don't have to, we don't have to push that down anymore. And it's like, oh, all right, that's gone. How about this? This is a little bit worse than what, what you just dealt with. Let's see if you can handle this. And like things start to surface naturally. And then as you keep working, some of the deeper things start to come up because your mind, your psyche starts to realize that it's helping you, it's working for you, and that you're getting stronger as you get rid of the surface issues first. You're getting rid of some of the more, the lighter traumas in your life, as weird as that might sound. And then some of the deeper stuff can come to the surface when your psyche is like, you're ready to deal with this and we're ready to let this go. And that's the really nice thing about the EFT work is that I'm not pulling anything out of the client. I am simply a guide with the client. I'm walking with them on their journey. And yes, there are times where the client really wants to ignore something. And I can tell from my intuition and just from what they're saying, of like, you know, we should walk down that path. And but there's a lot of techniques with EFT that if someone, if something really deep and traumatic comes up that they're not ready to dive straight into it. There's a lot of techniques that can be done with EFT where you can gently work around the issue and bring, bring the charge down to get to a point where they're ready to face it head on. And so for me personally, and it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm talking to you today is like, I used to be an incredibly emotionally closed person. I used to be an incredibly anxious person. I loathed public speaking with the fire of a thousand suns. So doing something like this a couple of years ago, I would be like, that's fucking crazy. And the fact that I'm able to have this conversation with you today with no anxiety, no freaking out, like typically I would have been nauseous beyond belief a week prior to this. I would be freaking out. I would be panicking. None of that. It's all gone. 
And yes, I'm still doing work on myself. I'm still continuing on my journey. But for me, I've, I, I'm continuing to see progress with myself. And the really amazing thing is that I am at a point in my life that I never thought I could get. I have more ambition than I ever thought I could have. I'm more at ease. I'm more connected with my husband. I'm more connected with my friends. I have the confidence to start this business, to, to pursue this line of work, and to want to give this gift to other people. And like, there's still more to go. There's still more progress for me to make, which is crazy because I'm like, I can't, I'm already this far and this is so much better than I ever thought I could be. And it's like this continued upward improvement. Essentially, I'm just wanting to share this technique with other people and let them know that this exists, that it's, very, it's a very gentle process. It's a very client-driven process and that it can be so beneficial for someone who is ready to take that step into healing themselves. That's essentially one of the many reasons why I'm talking to you today. Did you have any questions in particular? I feel like you're reading my mind every time that I had a question, like almost immediately you would go to answer it. It was, it was crazy. Cause I was thinking like, how could this be applicable to people in recovery? And then you touched on that. And then before that, I was, I was going to ask you like what a, a basic session would be like. And then you went into an example. That's uh, like, you're reading my mind, man. <laughs> you, you answered all my questions. Awesome. Like I, like I said, specific for your listeners. I'm not saying to do this in replace of anything else. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, other forms of getting into recovery, they, they're all valid. They're all massively beneficial. This is just something that you can add on top of that when a person is ready to get to that point to help in regards to working on the triggers that make someone want to use. Could you be doing EFT work in the process of getting out of the the active addiction you can but you would you would still want that immediate assistance so for me specifically it would be more certainly more towards people who have at least gotten to a point where they're a little bit more stable but they're wanting to do that heavy that heavier emotional work i do know plenty of people who specialize in EFT who could go right from the beginning as well and so essentially for your listeners, it's it can be a great tool if they if it they if it fits for them. You know, it does have a little bit of woo-woo to it because yes, it's it is affiliated with the acupuncture and things like that. But the really amazing thing with it is that they're continuing to do a lot of scientific studies on the emotional freedom technique and its viability. And there's a lot of studies that's already showing its effectiveness in regards to treating post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, there's been lots of studies showing that it's, it has similar efficacy as uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which has been studied throughout creation because of, it's a very structured form of therapy. There's even been fMRI studies that I've seen in regards to food cravings and food addiction, where you can actually see the before and after scans doing the tapping and the less activation in regards to being exposed to the food. It's, it's an awesome practice. And it just, you know, I, when, I, when I say to anyone who may be interested in doing this kind of work, when it comes to 
working on one's mental health in any capacity, I always say to, to anyone, you need to connect with the practice and you need to connect with the practitioner. And so EFT might be too woo-woo for some people because of the tapping. And for, for those people, that's fine. There's, there's a multitude of forms of mental health that may work for them. They may want a more conventional therapist. They may want, you know, a psychoanalyst who's, you're going to lie on the couch and, you know, you're going to have the person being like, so how are things with your mother? Like some people want to go down that route. There's, there's a lot of history with that. And hey, it works. No, I'm not bashing psych, you know, psychoanalysis. It's a very effective technique as well. It's just each has their different ups and downs and what people connect to. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on today and talking about EFT. This is the first that I'm really hearing about it. It sounds extremely interesting, very, very useful. If the listeners want to get in contact with you, um, what's the best way to go about doing that? Absolutely. So they can contact me through my website. So that's ericeft.com and that's Eric with a C. And if any of your listeners are interested in trying uh, EFT with me, I'm happy to offer them a discount. Uh, so you can use discount code recovery survey, all one word, and you can get $30 off your first session with me and just give it a try. I say that to people all the time. It's just give it a try once. Either you'll click with it or you won't. And it's no hard feelings. It's got to work for you. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really, really appreciate you coming on. I don't, I don't know what to say, man. I'm, I'm blown away. It sounds like such an awesome way to, to try to get rid of some of those past traumas and, and very, very gentle and, and, and uh, unintrusive. Is that a word? Unintrusive? Yes. <laughs> it's a word now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you so much, Brett, for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate you being willing to just to have this conversation with me. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you guys would like to learn more about Eric and EFT, the link to his website will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.